Hi, I'm Ryan Gooth. Each week, I'll be sitting down with inspirational men and women whose energy makes our city a more interesting place to live. So whether you're new to Albuquerque, just visiting, or have lived here your whole life, ABQCast is my way of sharing these conversations with you. Now let's get to it. Hey there, Albuquerque. This is Ryan Guth with ABQ Cast, and my guest today has been drinking, consuming, and selling wine for the last, gosh, at least 25 years, 30 years. Yeah. And she moved to Albuquerque from New York City after 25 years there in the Hell's Kitchen area of Manhattan. She's done everything. She's waited tables. She has managed. She's bartended. She's been in the supply side of wine. She's been in the distribution side of wine. She is a certified sommelier, so she knows a lot about wine. But the thing that makes her really special and the reason I wanted to bring her on the show is that she believes that wine should be for everyone. It's not, you don't need to wear a monocle, you don't need to be 66 years old and only drink Kendall Jackson, (laughs) okay? You have the ability to enjoy wine the way you choose. And so we're going to demystify wine a little bit today. We're going to drink some wine while we're recording, which is... Cheers, which is pretty excellent. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Tammy Moshe. Tammy, thanks for being on ABQCast. Thank you for having me. So let's just go back in history just for a minute. You didn't start as a sommelier. You started literally waiting tables. Yes. Bring us back to that decision to get into wine from waiting tables. Like how, how did that transition happen? for you in your Reader's Digest version? Well, it was about money. So the more you know about food and can make recommendations and upsell, and the more you can guide um, a customer through the wine list or the cocktail list, it adds to the check and you get more tips. So initially it was about, I need to pay my rent. And wine was a good motivator. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I was really young. And so especially when I was under 21, I was learning a lot about wine before I was supposed to be drinking because it was about sales. And then I found out people were happy with my recommendations and they trusted me and they tipped me more and they would come back and ask to set in my section. And so for me, wine was a really, I was like, there's something magical here, like, and I need to figure this out. And in my youth, I, especially I grew up in the Midwest, like I didn't have a really sophisticated palate or a good understanding. You know, my mom and I would drink wine coolers or Boone's Farm, you know. (laughs) Yeah, no, everyone has to start somewhere, my friend. That's why I'm saying it. Wine is really for everybody. But the more I learned and the more the world opened up to me, the more I was able to develop my palate, but also help people go on their journey with pairing wine with food, with having a good time, with celebrating. You know, people are out. They're having, they're on first dates. They're on on anniversaries. They want to have a really great time. and, And wine can really be a big part of that. And so I loved making people have really good experiences. And also getting tipped better and making more money. So, right. you know, so, so that's start, how it started. Yeah. Right. So it started, it started as I need to make a living. Yeah. And then you, from that, you figured out what you were interested in, what you were good at. And, and what I was passionate about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I think the thing that makes ABQCast really special is that, and just sort of to pick up on Tammy here, is that we really try to feature people on the show who know why they were put on this earth. And it seems to me that you have a really good understanding as to why you were put on this earth. Yeah, I mean, and also it's going to sound maybe a little cheesy, but 
wine and food, it's communal and it's joyful. And I can take people who are stressed or having a bad day or they're trying to impress their boss or and just make things better. Mm-hmm. And I know it sounds crazy, but I can read a table, I can read a person, now, even on this side, and get them matched up with what they need to have to have a great experience. And for me, wine is very much about that. It's communal. It's meant to be shared with other people. And it's meant to be enjoyed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right. So this Definitely. is something we were talking about the weekend before this recording, just to kind of figure out what, we're, what are we going to talk about on, on this show? There's so many things The to world talk of about. wine is so deep, yeah. And just after I got to know her a little bit, I really started to pick up on the fact that she is probably the least snooty sommelier that I know. She's more of a sommelier, you know what I mean? (laughs) And the thing that I thought was so great was that she said something that really resonated with me is that drink what you want to drink, drink what you enjoy. So when you go to a restaurant, well, I'm going to let you talk about this because I I feel like I could could tell your, your sermon at this point, but... Let's demystify wine for Albuquerque just a little bit and maybe some of the the etiquette things or some of the things that people think are etiquette things that maybe don't need to be etiquette things. So, you know, we have a lot of places here in Albuquerque that serve wine and coming from a state, you know, I I was born in Pennsylvania where you have to buy your wine from a state store. The LCB, my friend. Yeah. Yep. And and, (laughs) and, liquor licenses are few and far between. Mm -hmm. Out here, you can buy wine in the grocery store you can buy wine at restaurants you can't bring your own which makes me sad right but you know when you when you open up the wine list at a restaurant like what are you know of course like my wife's eye goes to the prices right <laughs> and my eye goes to I don't know I don't even know what my eye goes to things that I like and I know I like Sauvignon Blanc right which is why I brought the Savi from New Zealand for you today so I think people get intimidated. I think there's a big misconception about the wine world that I think that people in life, and I know this is true to me, they don't want to feel embarrassed or feel like they're stupid. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, and I think it is this the 65-year-old French dude, Sam, mm-hmm. snooty, you know, keep it closed doors, which is the opposite. So I think a really good place to start is try to find one or two or three wines you like Or if you don't know what you like, you know what you like to eat, you know what you like to drink otherwise. Like what kind of cocktails do you like to drink? What kind of beer do you like to drink? Mm -hmm. If you like to drink a really hoppy beer, I have an idea of what kind of wine you want. If you drink a Hefeweizen, a wheat beer, I kind of know what wine you might like. So what are those two, just for example? Okay, so for a hoppy beer... So IPA people. IPA people. You're probably going to want something with more tannin structure, a bigger fuller red or white wine. So you're going to probably want an oaked Chardonnay. You're going to want a Cabernet, um, something with a little bit of that bite Okay. because you like that hop. If you like something softer, like a sour, well, sours are interesting. I love sours. Sours, you probably want what we're drinking right now, which is the acidic Sauvignon Blanc, either from like New Zealand, from South Africa. If you like a Hefeweizen, like a wheat beer, mm-hmm. Like I would if you're a blue you, moon drinker. Yeah, if you're a blue moon drinker, then you kind of want a little residual sugar. Mm-hmm. Like, and not in a bad way. Like, maybe you want a Riesling. Maybe you, for a red, you want something softer, like a Pinot Noir that we have open here. Mm-hmm. And the key thing is just ask your server. Like, in, And here's the, the problem. So I'm from the East Coast as well. And so we're from the East Coast where a lot of people are professional in the industry. Mm-hmm. Where in places like this, it's a lot of college kids, people, and there's nothing wrong with that. But like, mm-hmm. maybe they're not as educated. Someone in that restaurant 
put that wine list together. But people flock to New York for the restaurant scene. Right. We are developing the restaurant yeah. scene here. We're, and, we're emerging. And Albuquerque has a great restaurant scene in Santa Fe and Las Cruces and Taos. There's really good. But I get like if you if you ask your waiter and they don't know, just be like, you know, can I talk to a manager? I, and just explain the kinds of flavors you like, mm-hmm. and they'll be able to find you a wine that's going to work with your palate. And that's okay. We have Tammy's permission to do that. Please ask. Like, okay, guys, it's empty calories. It's like you would never eat a dessert and put a thousand calories of dessert you don't like in your, your system, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, right. it's a treat, right? Wine is a treat. If you don't like it, send it back. If to Ask for tastes. Like we were at the um, Vintage. Mm-hmm. Ask for a taste of something. If it's by the glass, they'll bring you a taste. It's, it's true. It's and they okay. Brought me a taste. Yeah, and, and I, you uh, didn't like it, so we got you something else that you liked. It's it's completely fine. Use your words. Don't be intimidated. Don't worry about regions or varietals you can't pronounce. Ask because if you've got a good server or manager or sommelier, that's their job. Like they're they're there to make you have a good experience mm-hmm. and help you. So and also be adventurous. Try something new. If you like Chardonnay, good for you. Try something else. Like, is it safe to say that? Okay, so. I am a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc guy. Yes. Am I going to pretty much be safe with all New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs for the most part? I mean, is that, are they all going to fall in a range of flavors that if I like, if I like, is this what, this is called what, Matua? Yes. This is a, okay, we're, so we're drinking a 2018 Matua Sauvignon Blanc from Marlborough, New Zealand. And we had, when we were at Vintage the other day. The Kim Crawford. We yeah. had the Kim Crawford. Which is also from the same region. Yeah. Now, this one, to me, is like super hard grapefruit. Very. It's boing. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So within, within a spectrum. Was, it was a little more mild, I think. It was. Okay. So within a spectrum, that's why I, when people talk about, so when you're drinking wine, you talk about two major things. You like the varietal. So that's the grape. So I eat Cabernet, Chardonnay, Pinot Noir, mm-hmm. blends, et cetera. Okay. And the other major impact on wine is the region. And that has to do with the soil and the climate. Okay. So like those, how much rain? How, much, how much rain? How much sun? How cold? How hot? The elevation, the type of soil, clay, gravel, pH, and all that. All of that. Okay. Yes. So yes, within a small spectrum, if you like something from a certain region, you're generally going to like something else from another region. So for example, I've never had this Pinot Noir, but I love Willamette from Oregon. So mm-hmm. I just picked it up because I know, based on me liking a bunch of other wines from that region. I'm 99% going to like this. Okay. So that's why knowing the varietal is important. So you, you like Sauvignon Blanc, mm-hmm. but knowing the region is also important because New Zealand has that very grapefruit, very acid, very clean Sauvignon Blanc. But so if you're going to go exploring initially, when you go exploring in the world of wine, I would say stick to the varietal you like and start looking at other regions. Okay. So for you, I would say, let's go to Sancerre. You should pick up a Sancerre and try that Sauvignon Blanc. You should go to South Africa. You should go to California and drink within the varietal you like, but see how different it is around the world. Okay. And then from there, I was like, let's explore different grapes. And then, so if you know what you like, I would say try the grape you like, the varietal you like, mm-hmm. and then kind of explore the world and see how to see what Chardonnay is like from Burgundy versus California versus. That's way less know. overwhelming. It's just, just not overwhelming. Right. It's just like you, you, you're safe. You're, you're in your comfort zone, mm-hmm. right? And you're not going crazy with the pricing. You're not like, uh, like, oh yeah, everyone should go have like Opus One, like, of course, but you know, try Cabernets from different parts of the world. Cause you know, you like Cabernet and then you can kind of find 
where you fall in the world. And it's also just fun, but it's exploring safely. And you don't feel intimidated. You know how to pronounce your varietal. You're not going crazy. I'm not telling you, like, go have a Gruner from Australia mm-hmm. or, or um, Austria or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, I would experiment. Experimenting is fun. It's fun. Get some friends. Have everyone bring a different... Let's say you like Sauvignon Blanc. Get three friends and have everyone bring a Sauvignon Blanc from someplace different in the world. Get together and taste it. Oh, that's a fun party. Yeah. And and you, it's not expensive, right? You didn't just go buy four bottles. Right. Everyone brings one bottle. Mm-hmm. You drink one from South Africa, one from France, one from New Zealand, and one from California. And you see how the same grape can taste differently. And maybe you find what you like. You find something new or you find what you don't like, which is almost as important in wine. That's true. Know what you don't like because you don't want to order something you don't like, right? You don't want a petite, petite Verdot. So now no, you know that, me, right? Me and Petit do not <laughs> well, You were not along. friends, right? No, but now you friends. know that, so you don't waste money or time. And then you don't sit there with a glass you don't like. Right, drinking you know? my grandmother's perfume. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, Understood. it's not for you. So if a restaurant has a wine program then they typically have somebody in the restaurant at that time. It might not be your waiter or waitress, right? right? Or server. What do they call them now? Are they servers? They're the waiters, servers. And if you are a waiter or server out there, learn your wine list. You will make so much more money in tips by being able to recommend the right wine for the right person. And you'll get repeat customers. They'll come back for you. Yeah, so my pet peeve is when you look at a server and you say to them, so I'm thinking about this... Kim Crawford, Sauvignon Blanc, 2017. What do you think? And then they go, yeah, it's good. Yeah. And then I go, oh, come on. Like, you need to give me more than that. Like, are you making it up or have you actually tried it? And I'm wondering what percentage of servers have actually tried the wine and maybe just be honest. I don't know. I think that's what I'm asking is, is maybe just be for the ser- a server to be honest and say, you know what, my manager is the one who buys all this wine and maybe he or she could come over and explain a couple things to you. Or like, maybe we need to get as consumers a little bit more straightforward about maybe asking for the person who does buying or yeah like if, if your waiter or waitress or person doesn't know and that's okay like right i mean it's just not okay they should definitely know it'd be like if you asked us something about the food and they don't know and i don't mean you have to be certified or know everything but my whole thing when i was doing wine programs for the waiters is just i have at least two descriptors for wine okay fruit and other right so we're gonna you're drinking the sauvignon blanc i would say it's crisp fresh grapefruit refreshing you know mm-hmm. what whatever I'm, I'm just poured myself the pinot so let's do a smile and see what we can think here okay i immediately got dark cherry and this is new this is this, new i haven't tasted you. this yet yeah okay. i've never had this one again i just picked it on and the this region. is called a what uh this is cristone and it's from oregon it's uh mount jefferson 2017 pinot noir um from willamette which is again one of my favorite regions mm-hmm. for pinot the outside of burgundy of course but so yeah, as a server, I'd be like, great. It's a light-bodied red with dark cherry and a little hint of earth. Boom. Like you don't need you don't need to have a story. That makes right? you sound like a bajillion dollars saying that. Yeah, but guess what? If that if any of those words you like, you would order this from me. And if you don't like those words, you'd be like, oh, that's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a much fuller-bodied red. And I would say, great. Then this isn't for you. Like let's look at some cabernets or some syrahs or some blends or something. So yeah, but as a customer. Definitely ask questions. And if the person you're dealing with doesn't know, somebody on the floor does. Mm-hmm. Somebody put that list together. There's right. someone hanging out in that restaurant that has purchased these wines and can help you and guide you. And the biggest thing is, especially if they have a good buy the glass program, ask for tastes. 
like taste it. Or they're not going to open a bottle for you, but they're going to. No, no, no. They're, they're not going to order. They're not going to yeah. open a, a hundred dollar bottle for you. Mm -hmm. But anything by the glass is already open. So I've done that. I do. I still do it today. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm torn between this and this. Can I have a taste of both? And then I decide. Mm -hmm. And that's also how we catch bad bottles, remember? Because the first glass was turned. Yes, I, yes. It was nasty. <laughs> it came out and we were like, we, we were like, I was like, this one tastes like balsamic And we're like, vinegar. that is not a taste you should ever have. <laughs> right, right. So, well, yeah, because so I want to get into kind of like a small role play with you mm. as to like, if you were the server or a sommelier and I was the client. Right? But before I do that, I think one of the things that this whole turned bottle for me brings up is the fact that there are restaurants that keep their bottles open for maybe a little bit longer than they probably should because right. it's not a really a popular bottle. Yeah. So it probably is a really good opportunity to ask for a little taste and see if you like it because if it does taste like balsamic vinegar, you got to send that stuff back and see if they'll open a new bottle. Well, so that happens a lot, especially in New Mexico, because this is a state that everyone does enjoy wine. It's a very beer-driven, spirit-driven state, right? Margaritas, craft beer, they're mm -hmm. very popular. So outside of, like, say, Petit Verdot, which isn't, no one's screaming for that, so they had a, a bottle open a little too long. But the best part of it is both the waiter and I were looking at you, said balsamic vinegar, we're like, those should not be the flavors. And he immediately went, and even though the, this is... Oh, very, he, he handled it like a pro. Yeah, he's a pro. Like a pro. But the point is, is even though you didn't like the new bottle, so you you weren't a fan of the Petit Verdot, you knew the difference between turned bad and just something you don't like. Mm -hmm. So I think people are intimidated, and you should not drink either of those things. You should not drink something that's turned bad or something you do not like. So it's okay to be like, I'm sorry, I think something's wrong with this, or I just don't like it. It's okay to say so that. So you can say that. You can say that. And guess what? It's fine. Like, it's, if you ordered a rare steak and a well steak came back, you would be like, I ordered rare. This is well. Mm -hmm. I am not happy. Please make it right. Sure. So, but for some reason around wine, I think because people are intimidated or they're not sure, and I've done it even, I'm, I'm a professional and I'll they know don't it's look good. Like a, they don't you don't want to look, look like, a, like jerk. a jerk. Yeah. You don't want to look stupid or mm -hmm. have someone be like, actually, no, this is totally fine. And like, you're just dumb. No, it's okay to be like, listen, I'm not sure if it's turned or if I just don't like it, but can I please have something else? And with you, when you said vinegar, we are both like, that is turned. Like we, mm -hmm. that is not a smell you should associate right, with Right. This wine. should go on my salad. Yeah, exactly. But I think that people get, so then they're stuck with a bad glass of wine and they either drink something they don't like or they're drinking something that's actually turned or bad mm -hmm. just and I'm, I'm telling you and this this is the one place where if your waiter doesn't know better it's in your favor because they'll just take it back because they don't know and and if someone knows then they'll like our waiter he knew he was like nope he's mm -hmm. like and it's also okay just to not like right, it. He picked it up. He smelled it. And, and said, we were both is... like, no, no, no. Nope. Yeah. But then also, remember when you didn't just like it, it was okay. You got yourself in your mock and we're happy. Mm -hmm. But Be I asked happy. for a taste first. I didn't have him pour a no, whole No, a glass. taste. So that's the thing. Especially when you're new to the wine world, play around in the by the glass universe. Everyone's very happy to bring you a taste. Mm -hmm. Very happy to replace. Very happy. And then once you start figuring things out, and again, we're talking about playing around. Get a group of friends. So my friends are called the Plaid Posse because we all showed up to a blind tasting course once all in plaid. Oh, okay. Like we had plaid pants and so we're the Plaid Posse. But it's... Was this like, were you like, a, like a punk rock generation? A little bit. Okay. Like this is, again, this is like in forever ago. But point is, is that play around. Experiment. If you're out, do buy the glass. Try it. Even if you get a bottle, like it's fine. Like, you know, just try something first. And then at home, have people come over and pick 
a varietal, a region, something you want to explore, and don't be afraid. Like, and don't be intimidated. Please, please, please. Wine is beautiful. It's communal. It's food. It's sexy. Like, it's fun. Like, you know, like, come into this universe and don't be intimidated by weird words or regions. Ask questions. Send stuff back. Like, if you have anyone who's good on the other side of it, we're here to help you. Mm -hmm. Like, my job is literally to help you be in this world. And I'll guide you through it. That's awesome. Yeah. So let's do a quick role play. You come to my table. I say to you, I'm thinking about ordering some wine. Okay. Not not quite sure what I should go for here. Where do you take me from there? So initially I would say, okay, great. Hopefully I'm educated and I have a, a really good understanding of the menu and the list, which I would, but you know, I'm just saying, mm-hmm. you're talking to somebody. So I would say, great. I would ask you two questions. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what's your favorite wine to drink normally? Mm-hmm. And what are you thinking about eating? Okay. Because wine and food to me never are separate. Mm-hmm. And also I want to take you someplace new, but I want to take you so far off course that I take you someplace you don't want to go. Okay. So what do you normally like to drink? So I normally like Sauvignon Blanc. Great. However, I'm getting a little bored right now. Mm-hmm. I'd like to maybe step out of my comfort zone just a little bit. And I'm thinking about having the, the halibut on the menu. Okay, great. So the halibut, halibut's flaky and white, and it doesn't have a lot of fat. So I wouldn't put a full-bodied white with that. I would, I would stay away from Chardonnays with halibut. I would take you to probably, if I have it, a Pinot Gris from Oregon, because you know I'm, I'm hot on Oregon right now. Mm-hmm. I would also, something like an Arnais or a Toronto, something very floral, and the nose with orange blossoms, with crisp acidity, but not as acidic as the Sauvignon Blanc because, again, the Sauvignon Blanc, you need fatty foods because it's so acidic. Okay. So you need to take the acid down in the white. Ooh, you know where I also go? I would take you to Spain. Really? I would do Albarino. Okay. Yeah. So, because it's not so different that you're going to be like, what the hell is this? Mm-hmm. But it's going to do well with the food, and but keep you close to the kinds of whites you're looking at normally. Okay. But enough difference that you're not going to be bored. Great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Killer. And so if we have this Albarino on the menu, yes. I'm going to ask you if I could have a, a small taste of that. So hopefully we have it by the glass, and I would immediately just bring you. And I would actually probably, anything I'd recommend, I'd probably just bring you as well. Mm-hmm. I might even bring you like a, a dry Riesling that might work as well. Okay. Unfortunately, where you run into problems, and this is why I recommend playing around on the, the wine list, is that, look, it's New Mexico. Like, if you're in Santa Fe, if you're in a couple places here, there's going to be some really clever wine lists. So Vintage, for example, is going to mm-hmm. have a clever wine list. But you might be someplace that doesn't have a lot of buy-the-glass options, but has a buy-the-bottle. Okay. So then that's when you kind of need to... Two things. Trust the person, me, in this scenario, Mm -hmm. that I'm doing the right thing and just dive in and order the bottle of Albarino. And then be brave enough if it comes and you don't like it to be like, I'm sorry, I don't like this. Well, at least you could lean on the person's recommendation. Yes, because they recommend it. And here's the thing. I always said that when I was was a Psalm on the floor, I'm like, it's on me. If you don't like it, I will take it back. And here's the thing. I'll drink it myself. I'll let the staff drink it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, maybe the staff hasn't had the Albarino because we don't open it all the time. Now, is, does the management put it on the Somme, like, monetarily if a customer sends a bottle back that was recommended? 
So no, not no, really. No. So a couple of things. If it's flawed, usually the supplier or distributor will replace the bottle. Oh, okay. So yeah, so if I open it and it's, and I don't mean like an opened, like you left it open too long, it's bad. Oh, like I open it and something's flawed in it. Okay. Then I'll get a replacement bottle. So that's not coming out of my cost. Oh, that's nice. And if you just don't like it, I just absorb the cost. I mean, that doesn't happen. I mean, I'm thinking of my four years sawing on the floor. I think I had three bottles that people just didn't like, and we oh. just drank them. I was just like, hey, staff, at the end of your shift, I have the Duckhorn Merlot open. Come have a taste. And so, because, you know, we don't normally taste that out. Mm-hmm. So I would just, I would I would have a glass myself. I would taste the staff on it. Sure. I would give it to the chef, you know. So it turned to an educational it was Yeah, I just use it as an educational. It, it, again, if it's not turned, which, sure. again, in all of my time, maybe three times someone was just like, I actually just don't like this. And I was like, cool, no problem. And also it was a bad communication thing. Every time I talked to somebody who didn't like what they ordered, they ordered something they didn't want. Like mm. they ordered something cause it was expensive or they thought it was cool or you're supposed to order a big giant cab, but they don't like those things. And they were like, Oh, I don't want the insignia. And I'm like, oh, no, you don't. You want a Pinot Noir. Like, I talk to them, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you want something on the very up. Op- they would order the big hoppy beer mm-hmm. wanting an actual Hefeweizen. Right, right, And sure. once at four minutes talking to them, I'm like, oh, let me get you something you actually want. Like, you got yeah. the dogfish head, 120 yeah, it, like, IPA. And they're like, oh, this is so harsh. And right. I'm like, well, yeah, that's the kind of whole point of it. It's giant. Right. And they're like, I don't like it. I'm like, no one does. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a huge. <laughs> like, sure, sure. This is an so, acquired taste. Exactly. So. so let's talk about ritual for a second. Because, oh, yeah. Okay, so I'm assuming that I've heard all that, what the S is, let's see, smell, swish, spit, all that stuff, right? And I, I still don't think even, because they're all S's, I don't even think I have them in order. Like I, we, could use a, <laughs> we could use a better acronym, I think, for these things. But I also don't, I don't want to look, when somebody brings me a bottle of wine, because I'm assuming, I'm assuming if it's by the glass, just drink the damn thing. You're just drinking it, right. yeah. But if it comes in a bottle, I guess whoever ordered it is the one who's going to get to yes. put on the show. Right. No, that's true. And etiquette is definitely, you should, whoever orders it, male or female, should be the one who tastes. And, you know, I've been in this industry long enough that, like, it used to be I would order and it would go to, like, the man. And I'm like, nah, I'm like, it's me. Like, over here. Like, like eyes on. So, but yeah. Hello, 2019. What's going on? I'm like, hi. So, yeah. So, whoever orders should be presented the bottle. And the presentation part of it is they should put the bottle towards you with the label so you can make sure that it's the bottle you ordered and the vintage you ordered. Because a lot of wines, especially under the $50 range in in a restaurant, vintage isn't as important, but Mm -hmm. you should still be getting what you ordered. So if it says 2016, you better say 2016. Right. Okay. Or, and sometimes stuff happens, it flips. I've done that where I'm like, I'm so sorry, we sold out of the 2014 last night but we do have the 2015, is this all right? You know, um, so really the presentation is just so you can confirm. Is that gonna be better? I mean, are you gonna bring something better? It depends. Or does the distributor just say, okay, we're out of the 2014? Well, if you're out, you're out. I mean, okay. so in certain wines, vintage, especially um, higher end wines where there's single vineyard, single things, vintage matters. A lot of wines are blended. Mm-hmm. Most wines are blended actually. Vintage does matter. There are better and worse years. Okay. But generally speaking, if you're like if you're under a certain dollar amount, you're probably going to be okay. Sure. But it's just really to make sure just that check the label. Just check the label. Because mm-hmm. also, what if you ordered 
I don't know, uh, Pinot Noir, and they bring you Bristol Cabernet. Mm-hmm. Like, because people get really busy on the floor sometimes. So the presentation... Like the label looks similar, but yeah, they the, just didn't read the details. They just, or they grabbed the wrong bottle or whatever. So the, the presentation of it is just, the first thing etiquette-wise is, this is what I've ordered. Yes? And you go, mm-hmm. So then they take off the foil, they do the, uh, the cork, and then they pour into the glass. So And we don't smell corks, right? We do not smell corks. You don't smell corks. No, so that's the, weird. Well, Don't do that. The only thing you want to look in a cork is if it's super dry or, or falling brittle. apart, okay. brittle, yeah. or if it's soaked all the way through. Okay. Those are indicators that something's happened in the storage, okay. and the wine might not be good. So visually, look at the cork. You, you pick can the cork up the and cork. look it. You yeah, can touch it. because there there are going to be signs that if it's falling to dust, that's a sign. If it's super soaked, it's a sign. Okay, so this cork we have in our hands right now is. Maybe the wine's penetrated about maybe less than a quarter of the yeah. way through. It's nice and squishy, springy. Yep. Feels like a good cork. Yes. I me. don't think air has gotten through here. I don't think wine's gotten through there. But it smells like a cork. But it, yeah, don't if you smell, smell it. it, it <laughs> literally like smells it. like a don't cork. Don't smell it. <laughs> okay. Don't pass it under your don't, nose. Don't. Don't keep it. Don't hand it to your neighbor. No. And if you're a waiter, don't leave it on the table. It's just trash. Take it away. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, just take it. We, it's like, yeah, yeah don't leave, don't leave foil. Don't leave nothing on the table. Take it with you. Yes. Yeah. Amen to that. I used to say I used to I used to be a waiter at a couple of really nice restaurants, and I didn't knew nothing about wine, but I at least knew how to open it with one hand. Yeah. Know, with, well, without putting it on the table, because the people who don't put it on the table lean it on their legs no, no, and do no. all sorts of weird stuff. You know, and then people are like, oh, do you want this fancy wine opener at this yard? You know, we were at a, like a yard sale or something, and, and it was like one of those yards. This, this wine openers that everybody gets yeah, that have, no. like, the batteries. And I'm like, I'm not putting two double D batteries. A double D is not a battery. It doesn't matter. D the, battery. The best wine Sorry. opener in the world is the waiter key. This one you have here, That's there is have. no – don't spend $50, $100. All of the other wine openers are dumb. This is the best tool you will ever have. It's ever amazing. Need, and it you need does one. everything. It does everything. It has a little knife on the back. For the, the foil. foil. Yeah. It, it has the double notch. It will, it, it will do beer. everything. Don't so don't the spend the money. And they're like free. They're yeah. like literally You can just free. get them everywhere. Like yeah. I will give you one. Like, you know, yeah. it'll, have, it'll be branded. But Well, um, the, yeah, the one I'm holding has Trader Joe's on the back. Right. Exactly. I'm pretty sure like I got it as a promo or something. Yeah. yeah and so. it's the best way to open a bottle of wine. That's it. Get the waiter key. Get don't, the waiter key. Don't spend don't. $68.99 no. on Amazon. And then have like 17 pieces you got to put through with a battery. Like, no. Yeah. No. Just learn how to open a bottle Just of wine. Just learn how to open a bottle There's of wine. a YouTube video for that. <laughs> okay, so... There's a YouTube for everything, I'm sure. So. Okay, we've looked at the label. We have yes. not smelled the cork. No. So the, the only thing you actually need to do, and this goes for white, red, and sparkling, is smell it. Because, like you said immediately with that Petit Verdot, it smelled like vinegar. And, and me and the waiter were like, that is not a smell you should mm-hmm. have. Mm-hmm. So... When you have a turned wine, when it's been opened to, it smells vinegary or like copper or like a penny. Have you ever tasted a penny when you were a kid? Yeah, if you like, smell that, no, no, no. You're having a stroke. Yes. Yes. So that's bad wine. Okay. So again, we're not talking about you don't like it. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about something that is is not drinkable, that's turned. Okay. So the main thing in etiquette wise, especially when you want to look cool in front of you, like your girlfriend or your boyfriend or whatever. Your Tinder date. Your Tinder date is wine needs air. So the enemy when you're aging wine is air, light, and heat because it can turn wine. But once you open it, it needs oxygen. That's where you're going to get all the smells and the flavors because 
you don't really taste that much. You taste only five things in your tongue. Everything else comes through your nose. Mm -hmm. So you just give it a little air. So that's what the swirling the is about. Swir so the swirl is not pretentious stuff. Uh -huh. <laughs> it, it actually is to get air in, to let the molecules rise up to the nose. And then I always say like it's going to church. Like you know how you do the... The cross? Yeah. The sign of the cross? You do that with your nose. So, And then you can get all of the flavors. And then... You'll know if it's turned. You 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 do a little figure. A little like up down cross inside right. with your nose. Yeah, with your nose. Yeah. I, I wish we had the video, but it's it's literally the the this the general. What's it called? I'm when not you, Catholic. You, I'm not Catholic. Either, okay, but, me either. So. Right. But we've all seen it on television. And yeah, we know people. Cross, we know Catholic people. Cross, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then you take a sip. And so what I did just now also, with that little slurpy thing, uh -huh. also is not pretentious made up stuff. It's to aerate in the mouth so you get all the flavors. And okay. more importantly, again, we don't taste that much in our tongue, but we can, with the air going through your, your nose, in your mouth with the wine, you can get all the flavors. So if you see people doing that, it's really because it's how you get all of so the flavors. Also not pretentious. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little okay, so it's a little pretentious, but it's, it's actually scientifically the way you can smell and taste better. So you're just you're just drawing air into mm -hmm. your mouth while the wine is in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Okay, but you're not going. No, you're no, not no. like doing anything yeah. weird. Okay, good. So now for spitting, a lot of people spit, and they spit specifically when they're doing big tastings. So if I'm going to taste 50, 100 wines, so you don't get drunk. Right. Right. Okay. I don't like spitting. I would prefer to taste fewer wines and swallow because. It sounds so like what she said, but oh my god! I know. I'm crazy. sorry. It was this right there. It was right there. Show. I'm sorry. It was right there. I had to walk through the door. So, but the, the <sighs> thing about actually swallowing the wine though is you get where the alcohol level is. So if you ever drink, let's say we did a shot of vodka right now, I'm mm. gonna feel that all the way down to here. Right. It's, so it, it will burn you. It will burn you. So I can in blind tasting. One of the things that focused me in on where the alcohol level is is where it stops in my throat. Interesting. So I can tell you if I'm tasting a 14.5 or an 11% alcohol wine based on where it... Where the burning stops. Yes. Interesting. It's a physical sensation. And in my blind tasting, I was almost always dead on in my So like Booker's bourbon burns the entire way yeah. down. Or like like Everclear would be like to here. You're like, like Booker's would be to here. But like a... Like why is my colon tingling? Yeah. A Vino Verde would be like way up here. Like, I mean, it's only 9% alcohol. It would, mm -hmm. it would stop here. Oh, so. okay. Oh, wow. So that's when I do tastings. I, I don't like to spit. I would rather drink less mm -hmm. and be more specific so I can get a full picture of the that's wine. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's, okay. So, waiter, come check the label. Don't smell the cork. Don't smell the cork. Do a little swish. Swish. Do swirl. A, do the swirl. Do the swirl. Do a little sign of the cross sign with your cross. nose inside the glass. You can stick your nose in there. I mean, mm -hmm. you can stick your nose in there. Stick it in. Okay. Stick your nose in. Take a sip. And then you say, great. Or you say no. Should you taste it twice? Because maybe you had something in your in your mouth. So previously? my my thing with tasting is always ignore the first sip of wine and pay attention to the second. Because the first sip you're tasting whatever you've done before. Your coffee, your gum, your cocktail. Cocktail, yeah. You've you've been at the bar waiting for your table. So for me, again, we're not talking now about bad or good, because you can smell that, but Taste-wise, your first taste of wine is going to taste like whatever else you had. Mm -hmm. Ignore it. Take that second sip. And that's when you decide, yeah, I love the wine. No, I don't love it. And also, etiquette-wise. Gaze into the waiter's eyes. Gaze into the waiter's eyes and be like, I love it. And Thank say, you so much. You're the best. Or, my friend, 
this is no bueno. I don't want it. Mm -hmm. But don't keep the wine and then decide a half an hour later you're unhappy. This needs to happen. It needs to happen right then. Because guess what? Everything can be fixed right now. You don't like it for any reason. Great. I will bring... And then that's when someone like me would come and have a conversation and and try to figure out where we need to bring you. Mm -hmm. But don't... I hate it when people like at the end of the night are like, everything was great except for I hated that wine. And I'm like, well, we could have fixed it two hours ago. <laughs> like, I mean, it just hurts your own experience. Yeah. yeah. And I think, again, I don't think people are doing it to be mean. I think they're intimidated. Don't be. Sure. Just if you don't like it, there was nothing wrong with that second. Petit, Petit Verdot. Verdot. Thank you. But you didn't like it, so you shouldn't have it. Right. Right? Get the it sobbing. just wasn't for me. It wasn't for you. And that's okay. And that's okay. It's I okay. I think that's the thing. Is, I, I, right. So if I think if, any, if, if Albuquerque can get anything out of this conversation, is it's okay if it's not for you. It is. And you there have is, to just find what's good for you. There's something for you, my friend. In the world of wine, I guarantee you, I will find something you like. Like, you can be like, I don't drink wine. I'll be like, challenge accepted. Sure. I will find you a wine that you love. Sure. And if all you drink for the rest of your life is Gewürztraminer, I don't care. Because mm-hmm. I found you the wine you loved. Like, so. It's Gewürztraminer. It's not it Girls Are Meaner. No. Yes. Okay, we've heard that before. That's, that's a good name, though. Girls Are Meaner? Yeah. So speaking of Girls Are Meaner, I don't want to have to use the explicit tag on this episode, but I might, I might, I might have to. <laughs> I might have to put a disclaimer. How do you feel about wines that are like nasty biznatch wine or... Or wines that are like catchy label. Like when you walk into a store, right, you are going to see all sorts of wines and you're going to see ones that are like trying to pull or they're trying to polarize. And how do you feel about that? I mean, what do you know you're going to get? Are you going to get something that's going to be like, ugh, like you just bought a label because you like the name? Or is it going to be, is there high quality stuff in there? Or is there a general rule of thumb on nasty biznatch wine? Because I've seen them. Yeah. So, okay, so this is complicated, not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Like, the labels matter. I'm certified, been drinking in the business. I saw a cool label with a Phoenix on it the other day, and I was like, ooh, I love Phoenix. Because well, you're a human. Ray. Yes. Right. I'm like pretty. I have had amazing wines with really bad, boring labels. Mm-hmm. I've had crappy wines with amazing labels. Mm-hmm. And I've had in be- all of the in-between, right? So um, amazing label meaning like somebody somebody's just, marketing department was very creative. Just yeah, eye catching. Something that jumps. Okay. Something that jumps off the shelf. Sure. Jumps off the the thing. I would say in general, and this is a, a market statement and there are exceptions to this. If you get into that super super kitschy universe, mm-hmm. the wine is generally bunk. Like kitschy, I like the word. Kitschy. Yeah, well, because it's, it's polite, right? Yeah, thank you for using the word kitschy because I use it all the time. My wife says, "Okay, what, is, what <laughs> on earth do you mean by that?" But yeah, like mommy's timeout wine is not going to be good. Like it's just not. Is that a, is that a real wine? Yeah, I think it is. If mommy's, it's not, it's like it's like something like that. You know what I mean? Like I drink because of my children. Wine. Yes. Yeah, and that that's what actually kind of, what kind of morals are. are in those? fairness, that's actually probably true and legitimate but oh. no no but let's call it a spade a spade it's just like they're targeting a certain audience sure you're probably not gonna pick that wine up they're, i'm not they're polarizing they're polarizing which is fine that's not even the problem the problem is that they're probably just pouring off some bunky wine that they got stuck with and they're like let's make some kitschy label mm. and just pull it through and those kinds of brands don't tend to to be brands. This is like the last minute special from the kitchen. Yes. Because and they sell about... off the last like 5,000 cases. Right. And then next year they'll try again and they'll sell 1,000 cases. And then the year after that, it, the brand will be dead. Right. It'll be, and it'll be called Daddy, Daddy's, Daddy's Time Unloved. Out. 
Yeah, daddy's garage time or something. Right. Yeah. Or daddy issues yeah. wine. Oh, daddy issues wine. So I, I'm telling you, someone listening to this right now is probably bottling daddy's issues wine right now. Right. Or daddy's garage time or something. Yeah. But it can only be red because man, you know. Yeah, man, man cave, cave red. Man cave Cabernet. Yeah. yeah. So yes, again, going back to if you really want to learn to navigate the world of wine, start where you already know you like and explore within that. Get some friends and don't go for the tricks. And also, or go for the tricks. Like maybe one night you're doing Cabernet night and somebody brings daddy's... Daddy issues. Daddy's issues Cabernet, right? right. And then you're like, oh, this is kind of crappy compared to these other three cabs that we have. It just accentuates the flavor of the good ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so actually having the bad wines is not even the worst idea because then you can figure out what you like and why. Because mm-hmm. the other thing I hear whenever I do classes is I don't know what I like. I'm like, you do. You do. You don't get intimidated when you're talking about fruit or meat or French fries. Like, you know what you like. Right. You're, you just are intimidated about articulating it in the world of wine for some reason. So whenever I'm doing a class or teaching, I'm like, why don't you like that? Let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. Or why do you like it? Let's figure it out. Let's use words, vocabulary. And people, again, they don't want to seem snooty or unintelligent or intimidated, but like you like things for a reason. Let's mm-hmm. find out why you like that because I can bring you to other things you like. So it's okay to be vulnerable in front of your sommelier. Yes. Oh my God. That's why we're here. It's right. literally what we do for a living. Right. Like we want to get you, or at least most of the good ones want to get you someplace where you're going to be happy. Our whole job is to get you where you're happy. So they're going to ask you the right questions to get you where you want to be. Yes. Because sommeliers know the right questions to ask. They should. And luckily for me, I know a lot of really, really good psalms. And that's one of the main things they do is let me help you get to where you want to be. And then also let me get you slightly out of your comfort zone and try something new. We're we're, we're tiptoeing out of the circle. Yeah, let's tiptoe. Like we don't, we're not going to throw you in the deep end like that because nobody wants to be unhappy. Nobody, if you don't like something, like let's not go there. Mm Mm-hmm. Guess what? Are there wines Everybody wants that are like wine. going there? Like, are there wines that are like, are there particular varietals or, or regions that are just like so daring that they're just for the, for like limited people, like limited amounts of people? Yeah. There are some really culty, bougie Is things there? out there. I, I just picked up. So I was in Memphis this week for work and my last stop, there was a Somme buyer and he was like, I got this weird new orange wine that has some like effervescence and it's like verdicchio and this and that and i was like wait what he's like yeah like 50 cases were made he's like it's the weirdest thing i've ever had and i was like i need a bottle so there are very culty dorky things in anfora things in the ground jura wines that are orange but that's not for everybody Mm -hmm. that's for us dorks like you know what i mean like i literally have this bottle i bought because he was like it's the weirdest thing i've ever had and i was like well now i have to have that like but the, the everlasting gobstopper. I wine. would never recommend that. I haven't even had it yet. I'm going to okay. save it for some of my dorky friends, and we're going to drink it together. And it's either going to be amazing or awful. We don't know. But it's going to be completely unique. Okay. So there is that aspect of wine. But for me, that aspect of wine is like the people in the culinary world where they're like doing air-popped Sue's cotton candy or some like, mm-hmm. you know, on top of like a melted duck bread. It's like things can get too weird, and I don't want the normal wine drinking universe to worry about that Mm -hmm. because you should just be very comfortable going in with confidence asking questions sending back things you don't like and trying new things and the best part about trying new things so here's a really good thing i think 
When you're out, if you're like at a really good wine shop or a really good restaurant, you can drink your normal stuff every day at home. This is your opportunity to try something new. This is where you need to be adventurous, okay. right? You don't order chicken out really, right? You order something that you like the ha- right. something you wouldn't make at home. Chicken all the time. is typically typically the, the cop out on the menu, right? Yeah, because so you, you can order, make it. Yeah. You don't order spaghetti and meatballs usually when you go out, right? You order a shrimp stuffed ravioli or something, like, right? Something that you would not make at home. Yes. yes. So don't order wine wise. What you would just have every night at home. Mm-hmm. This is the part to be adventurous. Sure. Yeah. Well, so okay. So a couple, a couple more things before we wrap up. I, I really dying to know your thoughts on. I've been invited to a party. I need to bring something, and of course, people are like, "All right, I'm just going to grab. I'm just going to regift that bottle of wine that somebody gave me that's in the. It's been in the cabinet for two years, but maybe if you decide not to regift." And you, you show up at the liquor store and you're now surrounded by all these labels and you're like, ah, wow, where do I go for this? You know, so it's a you know, evening dinner party or party where there's, there might be 20, 30 people standing around in groups and that kind of thing. To me, that's kind of like what ends up happening, right? We have this whole house and everyone's in the kitchen, right? And it's 20, 30 people. And so now we're like, let's bring something. We got to bring, we were invited to this party. Let's bring something. What do you do when you walk into the liquor store? Where do you go? And what's safe? And then when you get there, what do you do when you get there? Okay, so my first recommendation would mm-hmm. be go to a, a local independent liquor store. So go to some place that isn't a grocery store. Not liquor warehouse. Don't go to liquor warehouse. Don't go to the Walgreens. Don't go to the grocery store. Go to an actual liquor store that has wine. Like a mom and pop. Like a mom and pop. And not even like, oh, blah, 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 local, although that's a really good thing, is again, they have purchased and know what's in there. It's not mandated corporately from someplace else. So they're going to have, one, a better selection, and two, they're going to be able to guide you. So someone in there made a decision. To, to bring the wines that they that have on in the shelf. There. Yes, okay. or liquors even. Second is, again, much like the restaurant, ask, like, I'm going to this just to be cool. And unless you're like a poor college kid or something, I would buy something in the 15 to $25 range. Okay. So that I think that's good. You're going to get a good that's quality. A, that's a safe range. That's a very safe range. And you're not killing it. You, you're not showing up like being pretentious or whatever with like you know a hundred dollar so bottle you're not yellow tailing it right don't yellow tail it but don't you don't need to buy opus right mm-hmm. like it's a party even i would even say 15 to 20 is a very you can get some really good wines in that okay. in that area then this is not the time to be clever because you want to hit a wide palette you're going to a party mm-hmm. you want everyone to be able to enjoy it so this is where i would say safer Varietals like this is not the point to show off your weird Jura wine, right? This mm-hmm. is the point to bring a Pinot Noir, a Sauvignon Blanc, a Chardonnay, a Cabernet. But you can be cool about it. Like ask them, be like, "Hey, you know, I'm going to this party. If you can and you know, think about the food. Like, are you going to a barbecue? Is it going to be shellfish? If it's burgers, if it's burgers, that's one kind of wine. If mm-hmm. it's a shellfish and chicken salad mm-hmm. party, it's another thing. If they're putting ribeyes on the grill, mm-hmm. that's a different wine. If everyone's a vegan, that's a whole other wine, right. honestly, because right. yeah. Right. So I would say stay within that fifteen to twenty-five dollar range because you're not looking cheap and you're not showing off, mm-hmm. and you can also pick up more than one bottle if depending on how many people are going to be there. If you can, so think you, about you the shouldn't food. try to feed the whole group. I mean, no. Okay, because because like you know, you're going, you're just bringing you're bringing one thing regardless of 
Yeah. How many people are there? Yes. Yeah. Okay, good. good. The other thing, etiquette-wise, is you never take the bottle pack with you. It stays. <laughs> I've seen people oh, do that Oh, they didn't open it. Yeah. No, 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 my friends. <laughs> like, you ate their Doritos and their hot dogs and it, right. it stays. And then the other thing is if you, let's say you bring a special bottle. Let's say I, I pick this up and I'm like, I want people to, it's okay for you to open up your own bottle. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to drink it. Like, if I look and there's all Zima or whatever, the White Claw, whatever the new thing is, right. and I brought this, I'm going to be like, mommy's going to have a glass of this. But then you offer it to other people. You know what I mean? It's not like you sit there in the corner with your good bottle that you brought. So, like, you, you're, you're cool grabbing that bottle oh, and absolutely. walking around and sommelieting your way around the whole place. Not even somming it. Just be like, hey, I opened this Pinot. You're having a cheeseburger. This is going to be great with it. And just offering it. Like, put the White Claw down. Is, is Pinot good with the cheeseburger? It's so good. Yeah. It's so oh, good with okay. cheeseburger. So, like, yeah. so, I mean, we're, I, I wish we were heading into, like, 4th of July weekend, but we're not. Yeah. But we do have, this time of year, we got chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Mm-hmm. We got smells of cinnamon. You know, I, I, we went to Trader Joe's, and they had the brooms out already, yep. you know. Yep. So, we're starting to get in the cinnamon nutmeg time of year, and who says hygge? Uh <laughs> Yeah, the Danish. The yep. Danish are the ones, that, the hoogly time of year, right, uh, where you have the fire, the cracker cracker the f- <laughs> clearly i've had too much of this wine you had like very little wine so oh, goodness gracious <laughs> the, the the fire is crackling you have the, the woodsy smells everybody starts putting their flannel blankets out what is we go to a party for the holidays or thanksgiving what is that let's just try to be timely about this like what is that type of wine that you would bring for those types of spicy warm occasions okay so i'm going to give you some mainstream stuff that everyone can find everywhere then we give you some bougie stuff okay is that okay let's do both so mainstream for fall 100 percent the pinot noir because it's not cold yet right it's just it's just gotten crisp mm-hmm. so pinot noir is earthy dark cherry it's going to go great with turkey with squash this is your cranberry sauce right here yes this okay. is it perfect pinot noir okay. pinot noir for so white like simi valley or napa or napa where? so if you're going california i like caneros i'm obviously a big fan of oregon mm-hmm. if you can afford it burgundy and actually new zealand does some pretty killer pinots oh okay yeah from the south because it gets so cold tasmania as well but again now we're getting to bougie and i was trying to say that, that is bougie less bougie for white it's going to be stereotypical, but this is a great fall wine, Chardonnay. Mm-hmm. It's full-bodied. It's got a little bit of toastiness. A little butter. A little butter, which goes with everything. Mm-hmm. Your yams, your potatoes, your turkeys, your hams. So, like, where everything. particularly? Because I've heard, I've heard, like, there's dry Chardonnays, there's buttery Chardonnays. Like, where do you hang out in the Chardonnay family? So, that depends on your palate. Mm-hmm. So... If you want the buttery oaky, you got to go Cali, right? California mm-hmm. and kind of anywhere. doesn't matter what valley we're in. Literally, California just produces big, round, rich okay. California Chardonnays. And there's some exceptions, but it's generally speaking, if you walk into store and then you see toasted oak or butterball or something, you're, you know it's going to be that. Mm-hmm. If you want something steely, then you need to go burgundy. And there's some unoaked Chardis coming out of Australia and New Zealand that are really good. And also South Africa. But still, Chardonnay for the win and Pinot Noir for the win for fall. Now, if you want to get like cool like and surprise your friends and be super bougie, you got to go Premier Crew or Crew Beaujolais 
from Burgundy. Okay. So Beaujolais is an area right below Like young wine, Burgundy. very young wine. You drink young, so right? So here's the thing about it. Everyone associates Gamay, which is the grape in mm-hmm. Beaujolais, with Beaujolais Nouveau. Oh, okay. But Beaujolais is actually has crew houses, and they're super sexy. What is a crew house? So it's just a, it's a level of distinction. So CRU. Yeah, like, yes, exactly. Like, okay, not men rowing. No, boat. no, no, exactly. Okay. Yeah, not rowing, but like okay. Grand Crew or, okay. yeah. So, yeah, so like St. Julian or, or, or whatever. Anyway, the point is, is that a Gamay from Beaujolais, mm-hmm. not Nouveau, but just a real one, is so amazing and will blow everybody away. And no one will know about it, right? Mm-hmm. And then the uh, for the whites for fall, I would do something... Again, I'm I'm back to Spain. I'm I'm going with Alvarino again. I'm, we come from Soco with that one, but like, it's medium bodied, mm-hmm. not as full as Chardy, but not as crisp or lean as this. The acidity is reduced, and it could it will just pair great with everything. And all of the wines I just recommended you can get under twenty dollars. Great. Yeah. So you don't have to spend money to drink well. What a great thing. Yeah. You don't have... So, I mean, is there a tipping point in price point where you're like, okay, when you get over this particular dollar amount, you're like in like some mind-blowing world that most people don't have access to or something? Yeah. Is there? It, it There is. It's unfortunate because you can drink... So, the guy who runs uh, ASA where I got certified, Andrew Bell, our first class, and this is back in like 2000, blah, 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 whatever, 2004 was like, everyone can buy a three or $400 bottle of wine and drink well. I'm going to teach you how to drink well and navigate this whole world and find the, the good wines. Unfortunately, there is a tipping point where, like in Champagne or Barolo or certain areas, that the wine does become so much better and exponentially better. Mm-hmm. Is the cost that equal? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. But the market decides that so that's where marketing comes in so is salon better than any other champagne arguably yes but is it five hundred dollars better right the market decides that right yeah Yeah. so if you have more pain by taking out your credit card so i've been for 500 bucks yeah right then that experience is not going to be so great for you and i can find you like for example i love barolo but i'm not going to spend 180 dollars every time i go to things so i drink Nebbiolo from Longay, same grape, adjacent vineyard. I can get it for thirty bucks. Sure. So okay. you learn how to navigate, and that's that's next level stuff mm-hmm. for navigating the. Universe. Well, then we're gonna have you back <laughs> for wine. We have wine one hundred and one. This is gonna be wine one hundred and two or two hundred and one or however people however do this do it, yeah. these things. Well, Tammy, this has been so cool. Thank, thank you. Thank you for being here on ABQ Cast Albuquerque. I hope that you're able to take. Some of the things that we spoke about. Drink more wine, Albuquerque. Drink more wine. You know, support support your beer people too. Oh yeah, like beer's good, cocktails are good. You yeah. know, drink drink more, but be responsible. Make sure you're responsible with the way you order it. Make sure that you you Uber or Lyft your way home. Oh, absolutely. If necessary. Yes. <laughs> okay. Make sure you're responsible. And uh, Tammy, thank you so much for thank being you. here today on ABQ Cast. Cool. All right, Albuquerque, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Review on iTunes as well. I will read all of those reviews. I don't miss anyone. And listen every week to ABQ Cast. 
If you head on over to abqcast.com, you will see a link for our group, ABQ Insiders. Join us there on Facebook or just search us up on Facebook, ABQ Insiders, and you can be one of the inner circle. So hope you enjoyed today and we look forward to touching base with you next week. Thanks so much.